0: Hairstylist Adam Reed is the founder of Archive, a hair and care line created for you, yours, and theirs. From working with the likes of Madonna, Vogue, and Alexander McQueen to creating signature hair scents central to Archive, Adam's story is a must hear. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today, and where we learn exactly how they did it. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delight to welcome our guest for today, Adam Reed. He is the British hairstylist behind Archive, a line of hair and scalp care products designed for all hair types. But this is more than just a good shampoo or conditioner. A vocal advocate of mental health, Adam set out to create a sensory self-care ritual out of washing hair with each product infused with one of two signature scents inspired by his own childhood. I love that scent was so important to Adam when creating Archive. I know it's something that was also integral to me and my sister when we created Fable in Maine because it does truly transform the whole experience. With 35 years in the industry, working with celebrities including Madonna, Henry Holland, designers Matthew Williamson and Erdem, and publications including Vogue and Elle, Harper's Bazaar, Adam is well known for his modern take on classic hairstyles and has bottled exactly that with Archive, designed to elevate everyday hair. Archive is accessible, scentful and universal, and I could not be more excited to have Adam with us today. So Adam, thank you so much for being with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat to you. I'm a huge fan of your brand as well. So it's, it's lovely to be talking to you today.
0: Oh, thank you. well, I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for sending me your products and I've been using them. They're currently in my shower. That's why you're not with me today, uh, but I am really obsessed. So this is just going to be a really fun and great conversation.
1: Fantastic.
0: So Adam, I asked all my guests the same question. I'm, I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Adam?
1: That's quite a tough question, isn't it? But I would say I'm authentic, genuine. Um, I am slightly maverick, I would say. And I think that my mental health journey has, has given me that element of maverick. I'm a bit of a risk taker and I'm somebody who absolutely loves to laugh and smile and see other people laugh and smile. I love that. I love that.
0: I'm going to start a little bit at the beginning, so I would love to know a little bit about sort of how you know where were you born and raised and your early memories of beauty growing up.
1: So I was born in East London and brought up down in Somerset. My grandfather had been quite ill, and my sort of whole family up sticks and moved to a more peaceful place. But beauty, really, for me, I I, I very much was brought up with my grandmother. My my family were around me, but I lived. Um, from sort of my early teenage years with my grandfather and grandmother and beauty was something that i think was just there and i think one of the things with a close relationship with women in your life you you're always introduced to beauty whether it's fragrance uh you know skincare looking after yourself and i would go to visit my nan's salon with her on a weekly basis and i think that gave me that was from a very young age that gave me that love of the community that beauty gives you and and it was sort of everything that drew me to it uh, you know i loved the smell of things i loved products working i loved the environment of a salon and that's what really made me interested as a as a young boy down in somerset I was really interested in fashion. I, I had my roots in London, so I would come back up to London quite often and sort of scour the shops and go to Covert Garden. And, and my grandmother and I used to come up to watch shows and we would always add on a little bit of beauty time. So we would go to stores and fashion brands and it sort of just really ignited that amazing community element of fashion and beauty. Um, I I wasn't good at school. I didn't enjoy school. Um, I sort of stood out a little bit, I think, because of the fact I used to like to wear clothes that were a little bit more out there. But what that did for me really was gave me this passion to sort of grow in the industry that I loved. Um, Creativity wasn't encouraged really back in the 80s. Um, And because I wasn't academic, I I stood out for that. I stood out for my clothes. I I was bullied a bit didn't realise that I was um, gay then, and, uh, but a lot of other people did. And that sort of also made me stand out. But beauty really was in my blood. I always knew I wanted to work in the fashion or beauty industry from a, from a very young boy. And creativity was what charged my batteries. So that's how it all started, really. I'd go into Boots Down in Minehead and sort of put on studio line and, and buy perfume I was obsessed with fragrance even then I remember I couldn't really afford good fragrance my grandmother bought me a Christian Dior fragrance for my 13th birthday Jewel it's a, a beautiful cheaper fragrance I still have a bottle and if I'm feeling a little low I give it a good sniff and it sort of takes me back to those times so again it was always there and i think with beauty it's so prominent in our lives and it is important from an identity perspective I, I, my hair was how i identified my clothes you know i i would use those things to empower myself really then i i i started as a saturday boy in a salon at 13 the salon was called something else named after the uh, sex pistols song so they really gave me an, again, it's that sense of community that you get from being in a salon. You get to meet people of all ages. And I realised that actually then I wasn't always going to be young and I wasn't always going to have the the, the sort of barriers that being young gives you. Um, and then it sort of all started. I, I, joined a, I joined a sitting guild apprenticeship course when I was 16, I finished work on a Friday, started on a Saturday, and have never looked back. I, I love it. I think it is, you know, it's amazing. We all like to look nice. That's important. But sometimes it's those, when you really look deep into it, it, it gives you and inspires confidence. You know, if you brush your teeth, it gives you confidence. If you wash your hair, washing your face, get, washing your face with an amazing smelling soap or cleanser, it's, it's incredible what that can do. And I think that then I realized that I had found my tribe as much as, as I could down in Somerset. And that's how it all started, really.
0: So in terms of now, like starting that career now, which you've, when I looked at what you've done, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to even summarize it in a podcast because it's so, it's incredible what you've achieved. But I would love to first know that first big break that you had that you remember so
1: well. Uh, yeah, my first big break. I had got. I'd won a in my salon that I was a a junior stylist in Somerset. I had won a retail competition with Redken, and I was taken over to Florida for their big yearly symposium. And there, I I was given the opportunity to see amazing hairdressers working on stage, talking about business, being creative. And I saw Charles Worthington and Alan Peters there. And what struck me then was that they were at the start of their journey. And I knew I wanted to go to London. I knew that London would be the place. We didn't have social media then. You didn't have salons that were regional that were making a big name for themselves. So London really, for me, was calling. That was in 1990. Then in 1993, I decided to move to London. So I contacted Charles Worthington. That for me was the game changer. I was absolutely right in, they were a new salon. So I loved Anthony Moscolo. I loved Trevor Sorby. You know, I loved these amazing named hairdressers, but they already were well into their careers. And what I realized then was I'd be up against other people that were going to travel that journey with them whereas with Charles Worthington I knew that I was at the start of that journey if I went there so I went and had my it was a three-day induction yeah. so you did two days of um, a trade test and then you did a day of getting into the brand and I knew that it was right and that was without doubt my big break they were launching results their first product line they were incredible marketeers And they had this incredible vision, and I knew that I could grow with them and and give my own take on the creativity. Um, I was 22 then. I moved up to London and started there on my 22nd birthday. I was 50 last week, so 28 years ago. That really was uh, the catalyst for what became an incredible career. I became Charles's first assistant. I started to travel the world. And again then, it's really important to sort of remember, you were courting press then, and it was a small amount of press. The beauty directors, the beauty editors, the beauty assistants. It was a really small pool of people. Positive in one way, not negative ever, but uh, the uh, the downside of that was you had a lot of people in, trying to impress a small group of people. Now it's a totally different picture. I think I read the other day, well, actually, I can't remember, so I'm not going to say it, but... The amount of influences there are and the amount of people that you've got to try to show what you're doing. So that was interesting. But what that gave me was the ability to tell stories. And I realized it was the storytelling that was going to be key. At that point, I didn't understand my ill mental health, but I I suffered from quite extreme anxiety, ADHD. Uh, but what that did was drove me. So then I I worked every hour God said I I remember I would be doing fashion shows I would be doing the red carpet circuit so going off to do the Oscars and the Golden Globes I was doing shoots and shows I was educating so what that gave me was this incredible learning opportunity that I don't think people had I don't think people have now because actually there are thousands of amazing hairdressers all going for the same thing whereas. It was this, a small pond of people. But what that did was gave me this incredible ability to learn, to see what works, to see what doesn't. But that was, without a doubt, without Charles Worthington and Alan Peters, I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I had to work hard to do it. It wasn't like it was handed to me on a plate, but it afforded me the incredible opportunity to network like nothing else. And I loved networking then. And I would speak to people and I would find out exactly what they wanted. And I'd make sure that I was giving it to them before they asked. And that's where the storytelling came in. My ambition to succeed was amazing, but my succession, it was about succeeding in being a really great hairdresser, being a celebrity hairdresser, being a name was not anything that interested me. It it didn't, I didn't, I felt quite uncomfortable with a lot of that stuff. So People learning about me and my skill came from meeting me and seeing what I did. And I always said, I really want to back up whatever I do with an incredible skill set. And that was also, that ambition drove me. I definitely sit on the creative side. So business wasn't anything that massively interested me from a numbers or that perspective. So I put everything that I had in to making the creative element succeed.
0: That's amazing. It must have been an incredible journey. And then obviously, uh, and and I would like to talk a little bit about it as well, is sort of a lot of people, I guess, are not so open about the the journey of mental health across also the journey of incredible growth, right? Uh, You're experiencing so much. um, It can be quite a whirlwind of emotions. Um, And I think knowing that potentially there you know you need to find your your ways to cope with all that change uh, what have been some of your best ways to deal with some of all this craziness around you in the industry
1: so honesty has been key so my real belief is that society sets us up to fail i do believe that because everybody has these sort of unrealistic goals to hit and achieve to keep up with the joneses and i've never been like that i honestly and this really is honest and hopefully anybody that says this would say this, I want everybody to succeed. I love brands. I love other hairdressers. I love the community, the people that I get to work with, but I've never been in it to compete. That's been an amazing positive for me. It's also been a negative because there are times that, that can be seen as a weakness and, taken the mickey out of a bit but that was a real thing for me being honest has been a real thing so you know if I had a broken leg I'd have no shame in walking around with a plaster on it's important to say here as well actually I was only diagnosed last year with actual my it's ADHD paranoia um severe anxiety low-lying depression it's sort of quite a journey that has been when I went to a specialist, they said, you've had this all of your life. And actually, what's interesting is I didn't really realise that. So I've made a lot of mistakes due to things that my mental health has sort of put in my way. But now I learn from that. I, real- I gave up alcohol 12 years ago and that was a massive step. And I was really honest about that journey as well, because, again, I think in the creative industries, we we'd go out and drink a lot. And, you know, a lot of my networking was about drinking. But with suffering from paranoia and social anxiety, I'd, I'd use alcohol to self-medicate. Interestingly, I mm. thought I was alcoholic, but recently was told that actually a lot of people with ADHD do self-medicate. And it gave me that confidence. So, again, I was honest about that journey. I had suffered from ill mental health from a young yeah. boy. My grandfather also suffered. He had he committed suicide when I was 13. So I understood Ill mental health. So I started to talk about it. And for me, being open and being able to share has been one of the things that helped me get through. What I really realized was being very open about ill mental health, any type of ill health, being open about things that you struggle with, people really respond well to that. And for me, that feels like I'm giving back so that I'm able then to trade that. Mm. And That builds this authentic communication within business. That's what I hold on to. The game changer is wanting to be a part of other people's success. There is nothing more rewarding than seeing people that you admire, talking to people that you admire, seeing products that are amazing, seeing techniques and treatments that are amazing and sharing that story. That's what makes what we do really special.
0: I uh, couldn't say it, but it's oh, so beautiful and, and couldn't say it better myself. And I think everyone listening will be definitely hopefully taking notes, especially honest communication. And, and it, it's, it's crucial. It's critical. And you might not think that it might help, but it definitely could. And I think that's where Absolutely. if you don't share, you don't know. So don't let your, your doubts get in the way. Totally, you know, very important. In terms of now, I, I, I wanna go into archive in a bit, but I know you also created the most beautiful salon, which I have visited in this beautiful market. So I would love to know a little bit about how that came to be. You know,
1: I opened, so this is a, this is sort of quite an important part of my journey. I had been with a, Percy and Reed for a long time, and I was so proud of what Paul Percival and I had done there. And I knew it was time for a new chapter in my life. So in 2019, I exited Percy and Reed. Um, but for me, team is so important. It's really important for me. We're in a damaged world at the moment. And actually what keeps you, your feet on the ground and you pushing forward is community. It's being able to share and talk and open up. Um, I love educating hairdressers. I love sharing both my skill and my history, but also my sense of humour with my team. I want to create an amazing space where people love to come and get their hair done. People love to come to work. It's interesting. It's fun. And I knew that I could do that with a salon. Upstairs is more like a playground of fragrance of imagery and what I wanted to do was go back to that old emporium style of of community building uh, there used to be a department store in minehead called Floyd's and I loved going in there and I loved the fact that everything was there and it was brands and it was you know you could get everything and you could sit down and have a cup of tea and at Christmas rather Christmas came in and I loved going in hardware stores I still got quite an obsession with a hardware store discovering and finding new things. And that's what I wanted to do with a salon. But also I wanted to encourage people to turn off tech, to read books. We had a book exchange. We had to get rid of that because of COVID. Uh, but what we asked people to do was take their book away, read it, and bring it back with a written message in it about the book. So again, what we were doing, we were opening up a, a conversation. Then the pandemic hit and, and you know, businesses were obliterated I thought I was going to lose everything. And what I did is I rang Millie Kendall. I rang Ruby Hammer. I rang Sally Brooks. I rang people and said, listen, I'm really struggling. How? What am I supposed to do here? And what I realized was we have this incredible community in the beauty industry that does want to support and does want to look after each other and does want to see everybody doing well. So can you let me know a little bit about,
0: yeah, the the whole head care approach and the, the meaning behind the word archive and how it started? Of
1: course I can. This is my exciting bit. Six, seven years ago, my I'd had a, a rough time. I met my husband walking our dogs and I really realised again, it was interesting because I thought oh, I'm in a situation where I was single and I thought I don't drink. I don't really go out that often because of my... Relationship with alcohol and social anxiety. And I was becoming not nervous, but I was like, oh God, I'd resigned myself to the fact that I'd never meet anybody. So when I met Kenny, it was amazing. He understood my mental health, he allowed me to communicate. A client of mine, when we adopted, she sent us beautiful jars with our initials on the front, and Riley put them on the shelf and they spelled ARC. And we were like, that's amazing. You know, an ark is a rescuing um, vessel. It yeah. is the the sort of the connotations that come with that. We felt that that was a really special bond. We have dogs. We, I rescue dogs. I'm sort of a little bit of a rescuer. Then when the pandemic hit, it knocked me off my feet and I ended up in hospital. I had what's called disassociative amnesia. So my mind totally shut down. I knew nothing really. And as I came out of that and came home, one day Riley wanted to wash my hair. And he said, I've, he got me Vozine, that old school shampoo, because he remembered that I had said that my grandmother liked, mm. used to use Vozine on my head. And it was the smell. And they put out um, Annie De Maumial altitude salts in the bath. And I had struggled getting out of bed. I had struggled to understand what had gone on in my head. I was really sad. I thought I was going to lose everything business wise. And it was a tough time. But that day was amazing for me because what it did was gave me this clarity. And I was like, that's head care. That's if I'm caring for my head. I always forgot about my head. But that's where my I. And and you know what? Archive isn't a mental health product at all of course it's not how can it be it's it's a product what it is it's about taking that time and it was the story of my history and what I did and what I do and it gave me the purpose so I then was like okay this is it I want it I've always said affordability is key I've always said that if I am creating a community nothing should be out of reach of anybody at all but also I'm like, why can't I be in Boots and Space and Hay and Harrods and Selfridges and Liberty? So what I did was rang Annie Murphy from Boots, who is an, a really old friend of mine. And she then put feelers out, put me in contact with Anna Teal, who then put me in contact with all sorts yeah. of people. And I started to talk about the idea that I had. I, I I have got all of these. This is my desk. but These are all of the cards that have the original product ideas on. And they sit here because there's hundreds. Oh, I love that. And this is for everything that I want to do. They sit in front of me because I'll often look back in. And when I'm talking to different people about MPD and my ideas, um, I've got it all still there. An archive is, so Adam, Riley and Kenny are the ARC. And the archive is what goes on up in here. Oh, I love. And for me, that's really important. And the storytelling, exactly the same as what you do with your brand. It's the storytelling that is absolutely key because it comes from a really true space. And that's how Archive was born. Oh, it's so beautiful. Of course. Do you know what? When we talk about Archive, I literally, like, it just makes me so proud. It makes me so proud that I was given the opportunity to do it again. It came out of a really dark time.
0: That's so powerful, and I think it's it's really important to to yes, there's products, but products are also vehicle of emotion, education, rituals, you know, lifestyle changes. So I think it's really important to to educate that narrative to people that yes, you have this product, but there's so much more to it. Um, How are you consuming it? How are you using it? How are you, you know, uh, that's that's the premise of Ayurveda, right? My grandma. Yeah. With every product, every ingredient, let's even stem it down to that, right? That was around a ritual of love. And, you know, we have a saying in India, sneha. So we never, my grandma never said oil your body. She said sneha, which means lovingly put
1: oil on oh. your
0: body, you know? So it was always with an emotion. I wanna go into the products now. Uh, I'm a huge fan of them. I have in my, in my gym bag, uh, the pomade. Uh, so I love the hybrid <laughs> pomade. Uh, but tell, tell us about what, what's currently available. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? It's so good, it's so good. For me,
1: it's hair and scalp as with anything. I think you need a good foundation. That's absolutely key. If you don't have a foundation, you can't build anything. So everything looks after your hair and your scalp. Um, We spoke a little bit about the fragrance, but the fragrance was absolutely key. And I can talk a little bit about that in a minute, because that's very much a part of the journey. But there are never going to be hundreds of products. There are never going to be hundreds of of launches because my real belief is we uh, you know we I spoke earlier about a saturated market but actually when I go into a chemist I'm like yeah it's saturated but it is saturated with exactly the same stuff and then when I look at it I'm like this is also trend driven and so what uh, social media is doing at the moment and what you know what people are saying you need i'm like well actually with your hair if you look after it prevention is key you should never get to a point where you're trying to fix bad hair i'm like that in the salon i'm like that in anything that i do damage has to be prevented um so and of course people are going to damage their hair and there are amazing products out there for that when i was designing and working with my chemist for archive i said i want this to be affordable but i want this to sit alongside you know Kerastars or if somebody's investing in products, I want people to be able to say, well, actually, do you know what? If I use that and I use Archive, they can work in unison together and and I'm going to have great hair. And actually what I'm doing there is I'm balancing out the investment that I'm making. Interestingly, the people that I've said that to often carry on using Archive because the results are incredible. The first day that I met a chemist, I said, I love jojoba oil. I'm a massive I use it on my skin. I use it in, for all sorts of things. And I was like, I want your hoba oil in there as long as it benefits hair and scalp. Baobab, I knew was an amazing protein. I knew that it was soft and I knew that it was a really light formula and we could support community. So I wanted that. But I my big thing was prevention, that actually, if you use these products, you're looking after your hair. And that for me is key. So we have our all day, every day shampoo and conditioner a co-cleanse again we touched on it earlier but it's universal anybody should be able to use it as long as they're looking after their hair so it isn't saying you're using it because of your gender your age or race it's it's you're using it to look after your hair and your scalp Uh, so i have an incredible co-cleanse that isn't fragranced because somebody that tends to use co-cleanse thinks about their scalp and There's that common misconception that fragrance dries your hair. There would never be enough in any of this that would cause that. But I wanted to take on that narrative. We have a treatment and a a scalp scrub. Again, looking after your hair and your scalp. Uh, We have an amazing scalp serum to look after your scalp. Again, it's regenerative. It's not about it won't make your hair grow or anything that goes on to your hair doesn't have that benefit but what it will do is it will keep your scalp in good condition of prevention again we have an amazing styling products a, an incredible primer amazing styling products that allow you to create what you want to but actually if all you want to do is wash your hair clean your scalp and your hair to look nice that's fine you use the products they're going to smell lovely you leave your hair that's protected it's looked after it isn't all about you know uh, using your hair as a status symbol it's about having great heads and great hair um we so we have everything that you would need to have great hair never am i going to start you know having 20 shampoos i we're launching an amazing yeah. clarifying shampoo that helps to volumize as well um called all day extra but we're never going to have thousands and thousands it's like actually as a hairdresser, I, I, throughout my career, I'll find things that I love and I stick to them. And rarely does anything yeah. really push out of that. Uh, it's affordable. I wanted it to look beautiful. The color palette actually comes from this. This is a house of Hackney wallpaper. Oh, yeah, beautiful. And it just brings me so much joy. And I literally have lifted yeah. the colors out of here. So when you see the products, yeah, you can see where they come from. But this brought me joy. This is in the salon, so again, it's about building that community. So when people see the products, it reminds them of being in a salon. Yeah, and that's where head care really has got to make a difference, and and that's what we're really pushing in the salon. But that the products, their performance is incredible. They look great. I've taken into consideration the sustainability story, um and they're as you know, the packaging is just as sustainable as it can be where possible. Um, We've looked at how we manufacture, where we manufacture to have a a smaller carbon footprint. Um, And again, what's great for me, my team at Matrix, literally, they get me. They are so respectful of what I talk about and my wishes for the brand that they then help me make this a reality. And that's, it's game changing.
0: That's amazing. Oh, it's so good to hear. And, and, And honestly, like hearing now all of the little creative elements that have sung together and fused to make the story, it makes you more connected to the brand and the product. Absolutely. Because so, from a visual and, aesthetic, they're beautiful, but efficacious as well and good price.
1: Absolutely. And then there's the fragrance. So as I said, fragrance was key. And we, I will launch fragrance. Yeah. It was a big dream of mine. Again, affordable fragrance, oh, uh, nice. because I believe everybody d- deserves to smell nice and to get that feeling that you get from an amazing fragrance. So we have two launch fragrances we have Future Bloom and No One elsey. Future Bloom is this beautiful, soft, modern floral. So it's English rose. It has a uh, honeysuckle, lily of the valley. Um, it has vanilla in there to give you that softness. Um, all of the fragrances are designed to layer together. So they'll intermix and you can create your own fragrance. Because again, that for me was key. Um, you shouldn't just say, well, I wear that because of that. If you can mix and match and you can uh, uplift your mood by your fragrance, you should be able to do that. And I talk about the head, heart and grounding notes. So each fragrance has something that excites the head, that calms the heart and puts your feet onto the ground. Um, And again, for me, that's key. So in there, you have white musk as your grounding fragrance. And Anita Roddick, I, I got to meet years ago and she was, She played a huge part in my early years in in London. And she used to give me bottles of body shop white musk. So I had white musk put into here because it's such a beautifully soft fragrance, but also the storytelling element is amazing. And then no one else is, Elsie was my grandmother. And when they moved down to Somerset, there was a greenhouse in their garden it was a really old fashioned greenhouse and it, it it was my safe place. I loved it in there. I love the warmth. I love the smell. I love the, the cocoon element of it. And this fragrance is tomato leaf, um, rhubarb, white rose, lily of the valley, honeysuckle with a base of Paolo Santo. Paolo Santo is something that I burn wherever I go um but also it has that real earthy smell and this greenhouse had a natural earth uh base so when it rained outside you used to get the smell of petrichor come through and that to me was always one of the most evocative smells so no one else he has that in we then have two others decorated woods riley and i do a lot of forest bathing so we go and sit in the forest and we ground ourselves we put our roots down so i've recreated that smell of english oak fern, oak moss, um, that slight vegetal smell of rotting leaves, which is actually a real uplifting fragrance. And we put incense in there. And then a kind of floral is my grandmother wore fracas, Robert Puget. And when she used to give me a cuddle, I'd be obsessed with the jumper. So that's where I learned to do that with Riley. So what I've done is I've created Uh, Old school white floral, that is tuberose, uh, jasmine from my trips to Southeast Asia and India, incense. You have gardenia in there, but it's called a kind of floral because it was that kind feeling that was left on me. It felt like a cuddle. It felt like it was kind. And again, what you can do with all of those is interlayer them. And we do have them out because my clients are my perfect testing ground. They pick them up, they layer them on, and everybody already has their favorite. And it's, again, that thing is amazing. Reintroducing people to the power of fragrance, not just something you shove on as a part of your wardrobe, yeah. something that is uplifting, that is ca- head care, is amazing. And like I said, you know, Amla that I was talking about earlier, one of the things that I love about this yeah. is that incredible smell it's medicinal, slightly soapy, Mm. so it's clean. It reminds me of being in India. So it takes me straight back to there. And it makes me really happy. And (laughs) and I'm like, I'm trying to reintroduce those little things making a massive difference. Oh, I love that.
0: It's so true. And I mean, my father's in the fragrance industry for 40 years. So scent has been something I've been growing up with and it's been so empowering to me fun fact that my mom is allergic to fragrance imagine like in the car there was always like that police of like yeah. So we were never allowed to put on fragrances, but my dad owned fragrances. It was like the most funny duality. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a fun fact. So in terms of now the future of Archive uh, Headcare, we'd love to know a little bit about what's in the horizon. Oh, you mentioned uh, obviously a new shampoo, uh, Extra, but uh, are, are you opening new
1: salons? Are you also creating new products? We most certainly will. Again, from a product perspective, we have a really great plan I'd say it was a rough plan because I'm continuously seeing new things I'm you know it was as I said it was my birthday last week and I went down to Glastonbury to have a bit of uh, I was brought up near Glastonbury but it's my real spiritual home so we went down there and I was looking at how you can fragrance yourself smoke fragrancing I'm massively into looking at how you use woods to fragrance I'm looking at bringing uh, treatments into the salon where you've really focus on head care um from a product perspective there will always be new things coming in but it won't always necessarily be hair based now because my belief is head care covers yeah. everything and again you know we've talked about fragrance but I think fragrancing your home is key. All of these things are there. And again, as you know, I said earlier, I talk a lot. I brain dump to everybody continuously. My mind never stops. So there are lots of people with lots of ideas. Now, they run the business side of things. And I'm really good now at allowing that to happen, to managing the business. So I have a great team of people around me. So there will be a lot of stuff. We are about to open a head care space in Covent Garden. Um, Annie de Maumial is coming in there. So Annie is an amazing facial um, product innovator. She's incredible. Uh, she's sort of my head caretaker. Um, so Annie is coming in. Um, we're gonna be doing lots of head care focused introduction to consumers. And we're gonna use that space to really start to build more of a head care community. That's really exciting because I'm looking at how we look after pros as well as consumers. Um, and that's a big project that I'm working on at the moment. Because, again, you know, as a hairdresser, uh, I worked every hour, God sends. I'm listening to people continuously. And I realise, especially in the, around the pandemic, one of the things for me, I that first lockdown, I remember talking to clients saying, don't cut your hair, don't colour your hair, don't do anything, don't touch it. Second lockdown, I was like, they're missing being in the salon. They're missing the touch, the communication. This isn't just about hair. This is about the community. Uh, So I've stripped all of that back and I'm rebuilding that back up about how as hairdressers, as beauty people, we can really encourage these communities. So that's a big part of what we're doing. And then the global expansion. I'm off to Australia on Saturday Saturday to launch in mecca uh, which for me is a dream come true uh we launched in space nk in america last year and we have big plans for our expansion there i'm looking at how we can build community within the industry to massively support without any so it's open support it isn't driven by sponsors or or having to be in with the right people because again I don't like that elitist element of any industry where yeah. it's you know actually everybody has great ideas and everybody needs support and everybody needs to work together so that's a big part of what I'm looking at doing at the moment
0: very exciting um oh, I can't wait to be following very closely on the journey and uh and I think what you're doing is just going to inspire so many people but also really collaborate the, and communitize the, the industry. So it's just the beginning. Um, so now we're going to go to fire round questions, Adam. But uh, before I do, I have a very mean but important desert island question. So imagine I'm inviting you to a founded beauty tropical island. Uh, hopefully this will be a reality one day and I'll invite all my founder friends there. But for now, it's, uh, it's make-believe. Um, and, but unfortunately, uh, you can only bring one product with you. Of your collection what is your go-to product right now that you'll bring with you
1: my go-to product is the good habit hybrid oil oil all the way that's what i like to hear. i am the biggest fan of oil yep. it's so mo- multifunctional. it looks after your hair your scalp it it gives you it makes it look amazing our oil smells amazing. I'd take your oil as well and I'd mix them together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> amazing. Absolutely oh. has to be um, your and that, that would be my answer too. Hair oils for the win. Um, so my next question is now going to be fire round. So these are the first thing that comes to your mind. The first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving
1: right now? You know who I really like is air the skincare. Yeah, Namrata's. Yeah, I really love that brand. I love the product. I love the simplicity of navigating it. The violet cream is incredible. And the jelly cleanser is amazing. I think the packaging is beautiful. I think the messaging is beautiful. Yeah,
0: I'd have to go there. Love it. My next question is, do you have a favorite quote or a mantra or a saying that you keep close to your heart? Go with your heart. Go with your heart love that
1: so if my heart if it's right in my heart and i've i've not done it sometimes and i always regret it yeah to go with your heart
0: go with your heart i love that Uh, and my last question is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur in the in the whole hair beauty space where would what would adam be doing right now
1: gardener i'd be a gardener Did't expect that that's very cool. Being outside, being in nature, creating. Oh
0: I love that amazing. Well Adam, it's been such a pleasure. We have to meet in person very soon. You just literally we're, we're across probably absolutely uh, so let's definitely get a, a coffee in the diary. But in the meantime for everyone to continue following your journey and the brand what are, what are the handles what are the links?
1: So, mine is Adam Reed Hair, quite simple. Archive Headcare and Adam Reed London.
0: Perfect. I'll put all the links in the summary so people can just go tap straight away. And uh, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and knowledge. And it's been such an honour and pleasure. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.